With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. Probably should change that because there's a lot of podcasts from Lighthouse Hockey now. Uh, my name is Dan Saracini. Joining me <laughs> this evening via Skype once again is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders are streaking pretty hard, and uh, it's pretty awesome. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a peculiar win streak if there ever was one. It doesn't it it. I think you know now that we're at and the seventh game of it you look back you're like it's really been seven wins in a row and you know just it, it doesn't really feel like it's been uh but i mean that's kind of how they've gone about it the whole way they're not you know there's not much fanfare or anything around it they just are ho-humming their way to a to a seven game win streak uh it it definitely doesn't feel that way and i think that's for a couple reasons one is this wacky schedule uh we're recording this on wednesday the islanders have thursday off as they've had uh for the whole week off they'll play again friday and then saturday and then Tuesday, uh, so it's a whole it's a whole weird schedule. But um, also, you know, the first say four games of the streak, and Barry Trotz talked about this too. They weren't quite at their their peak level, and we talked about this on our last episode that you know they they hadn't to that point really put together a sixty minute game. There had been some good periods here, some bad periods, but you know they one they beat the Panthers in a shootout. They beat uh, Columbus in overtime. So those are kind of like, yeah, you know, they could have been better, but they came back and won. So that's the important thing. Um, the last three games, though, that we're going to talk about specifically, um, the 4-2 win over the uh, Coyotes, the 4-2 win the next night in Ottawa, and then a 5-3 win over Philly uh, on Sunday. 
the Islanders looked like the Islanders. I mean, they really did. Uh, the game against the Coyotes, for the first two periods, they were lights out. I mean, they were just awesome. Uh, they really looked like themselves. Derek Broussard had a goal. Anders Lee scored a goal off his butt. Uh, uh, Simeon Varlamov was very good again. Uh, and I was like, okay, these guys are they, they gave up a goal. I think, yeah, they gave up a goal, I think, in the, in the third. But the game was never quite out of hand. Then they go into Ottawa. We know their record in back-to-back games is very good. That game was kind of a circus. Uh, we'll talk about the injuries that unfortunately came out of that game uh, probably in the second half of the show. But uh, again, the, you know, despite people dropping like flies, um, they looked pretty good. I mean, they, that game was once again it was never really in doubt. Um, Nick Letty, we all thought he had a hat trick. It turns out he just had a goal, two goals, and and an assist, and he had a penalty shot. And I mean, he was just a beast in that game. That was probably the peak Nick Letty that we've ever seen ever. And it was, it was pretty awesome to see. I mean, I think we were all kind of rooting for him to have a hat trick. Um, and, uh, you know, Broussard scored again. And then uh, a couple of nights later against Philly, you know, had the kind of sense, well, they won six in a row. Maybe this is a letdown. Uh, Philly was coming in pretty hot at that point. And that was the best game probably the Islanders have played all season. They looked phenomenal. Uh, Matt Barzell scores on a breakaway. Anders Lee scores from his butt again. Uh, Broussard scores for a third straight game. Uh, Big Ross scoring goals, and he got the fancy Jofa helmet afterwards to show for it. Um, and it was just a complete game from top to bottom. Varlamov was really awesome again, and uh, Beauvillier was all over the place. So, yeah, it didn't. It doesn't feel like seven games because these last three are really the best of them. But uh, you know, it's pretty cool to like come out of October um with a seven game win streak and be like yeah this, that's my team with 16 points and you know they're whatever they are second or third in the division right now i mean you can't ask for more than that right no it, yeah it's been awesome the the thing that makes me actually believe that this win streak is real is like their last loss which was what the hurricanes game like yes that feels like it was months ago like so <laughs> that's how i'm like oh wait it actually has been a long time it's been a long streak uh uh yeah i, I mean i watched a lot of the coyotes game uh at home, but I, I was basically, you know, trying to like listen and piece together the senators game as much as I could on this plane, uh, down to new Orleans. And it was tough. And there was also a guy with a senator's luggage going down and he was great. He was funny. He, he, he was like, he's like, we root for you guys, uh, a lot. And a lot of Canadian fans that aren't Maple Leafs fans do. Uh, and he's like, and this is even before the whole thing that happened last summer. Like, he's just like, we, we just feel like, you know, the Islanders are a team that are, are fun to root for because you guys had the ups and downs and as a franchise. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, that yeah, really the, funny. <laughs> the, the, I mean, that Coyotes game was like that. That We keep saying like that was the 2018-19 Islanders that they just got like a stranglehold on that game and never let it go. And uh, the the guys who, you know, it's, it's been someone, I mean, the past three games has been Broussard and, and Beauvillier has been all over the place and obviously Barzell and Lee, but like, it's just like someone ends up stepping up and making the big play. And Bailey had a really good game that, that night as well. And, and as long as that keeps happening, like as long as there aren't, you know, 20 passengers, uh, that this team is going to be in the game at the very least, just because of the way that they play. And, uh, it, the, the commitment to the system, like I think uh, I was Elliot Freeman today's there. He had his 31 thoughts. I mean, he's, he's, I think so far been the only quote unquote, like national, big big kind of media person to, to acknowledge that the islanders are are rolling uh and he did it in like a one sentence thing where he talked about how uh you know i think the, the quote was like they have a bunch of guys that know bricklayers aren't supposed to paint the ceiling <laughs> and that's what the team is you know right. it's like you know everybody now is like 
it's, a, it, it's Brock Nelson is exactly who Brock Nelson is supposed to be as a hockey player. Mm. And that goes from Barzell all the way down to Varlamov. And I think that's maybe what Broussard is part of the reason he's doing so well. It's like you know, Derek Broussard six years ago, four years ago, was a different type of hockey player than what he can be. Now he's got to be this version of Derek Broussard. And I think Barry Trotz is the perfect coach to kind of get that out of, like get that second career or like the, you know how when pitchers, like they lose velocity, they have to become a new kind of pitcher like CC right. Sabathia and stuff. Like Barry Trotz is the perfect coach to get that second iteration of someone's career out of someone because he's, he's so, he, you know, he, you trust him. Like he's just, he'll, he'll you know, he can take Derek Broussard and be like, listen, like don't, you're not Derek, 27-year-old Derek Broussard anymore. You're you're like fringe NHL at Derek Broussard. But that person <laughs> yeah. still has a ton of talent. Like there's – mm. you have God-given talent. So if you do these, you know, A, B, and C, like that will shine through. And look what's happening right now. He moved to wing and it, he's just – he looks like a different player in, in, in uh, you know, the past week. So it's right. – I, I mean once – I mean we do it all the time, but all credit – to, to trots. I mean, this has just been unbelievable to watch again. Just this, this he, he's taken this team and just kind of just modeled it already. Yeah. Um, his, so he had a, I guess a press availability on Monday. So it was after the, uh, no, no. Yeah. They, Oh, you're right. Yeah. They played, sorry. They played Thursday and Friday. They had off Saturday. They played the flyers on Sunday, Monday, uh, trots, uh, you know, met with the press and, uh, he said something that just made me feel so warm inside. He's, he basically acknowledged, you know, that somebody brought up the streak and he was like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I, but we, we haven't actually, you know, reached our potential yet. Like, you know, he, and he basically said they hadn't played as well as they could have played. And here I'm thinking to myself, my God, this team has won seven straight games. And this guy is like, yeah, but we could have been a lot better. And it's like, he's not wrong. I totally agree with him. But like to hear the coach say that is so startling and so like, and the way he said it wasn't mean or anything. It was just like matter of fact, like, yeah, you know, we could tighten this. We could tighten that. And I'm like, that's that's what makes this guy so good is that he, there's no satisfaction yep. in his voice, you know. And, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with you that he, um, you know, he's he's there to, to get guys like, oh, yeah, I, I should have mentioned before. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that or one of the coincidences so far Broussard has been scoring is because he's he's on the wing. He's not at center. And um, the Islanders actually had a cool story about him and uh, – and Beauvillier's relationship going back to when uh, Beauvillier wasn't even a teenager yet and uh, Broussard knew his brother. And, um, you know, it said way down at the bottom, it, there's like a mention that, you know, Broussard, who who prefers to play center, uh, yada, 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 is finding success or whatever. And I'm like, I thought to myself, yeah, he might prefer to play center. But when Barry Trotz tells you, why don't you play in the wing with these guys? Because I think you might be better off there. And then you score in three straight games and things are cooking you're going to play wing and you're going to be happy about it because that's what the team needs you to do. And, uh, you know, we've said it a hundred times. Like, I think that this team and this coach just work well together because they, the, the coach, you know, has the idea and the, the team wants to execute it. They want to follow him and be good. And the quote that you mentioned before from Friedman's 31 thoughts about the, you know, the bricklayers and painting the ceiling, I, to me, that's a, that's sort of a derivation on the old Ken Danico story that he tells all the time, which is that uh, he he wanted to fill in for. It turns out he wrote about this on the uh, the um, what the heck is it called the Players Tribune, and uh, he said a Bruce Driver was out of the Devils lineup for a while, and and Danico wanted to chip in some more goals, so he started scoring more, and Lamorello pulled him aside and was like, uh, you know, 
I, I, you don't need to do this kind of stuff. And, and Ken was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I want to contribute more. I want to score more goals. And Lou went into this whole thing about how he likes to have his team work like an orchestra and an orchestra has violinists and, and horn players and clarinet players and flute players and drummers. And he was like, and what, what do you think you are? And Danica was like, drummer. <laughs> and Lou was like, yes. And he's like, if you want to play the violin, I'll trade you to some place that wants a violinist. Like, hell, I'll, I'll call the whole league and find out who wants a violinist and, and we'll make you happy and you can play the violin all you want. But for me, I, I need a, a drummer on this team and you're a drummer and, and that's what I need you to be. And to do that, we're going to be, if you do that, we're going to be successful. And I mean, it's hard to argue with the <laughs> success that, that Ken Danico's Devils had. So that, that to me was the kind of same story. Like he, he has, and you know, people complain, oh, well, these roles are kind of pigeonholing guys. They have guys in the roles. And if, you know, that role means playing this thing, then you're going to do it or, you know, they'll find some other spot for you. And, but if they want you to do it, there's a reason for it. It's probably because you're going to be pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think actually like the, uh, the team and, and you, and it's funny how this is last year, Trot said like, Oh, this is like a, what five year project or three right. and it will take till year three or whatever. And it's funny. Cause it, like with each passing game and each passing day under his, you know, watch and under Lamarillo's watch, like i you start to understand more and more about like what they're doing, like how this all works. And it, it feels so, it still feels so new. Like, I think the reason we get taken aback by the way these guys operate is because, you know, look at the past 30 years prior to them. Like, it's just, <laughs> there was this not, there was no galvan. There was really never a galvanizing force in the fan base. And I think the fan base is starting to reflect the ethos that like Trotz is giving off. It's like, remember last year when the, you know, they went up three, nothing on the penguins and, Everybody in that locker room, not only, you know, sure, it's a cliche thing to say. It's like, you know, the fourth game is always the hardest to win and stuff like that. But there was they were, they were just talking about how little celebration there was and all that stuff. And and I think that's kind of why maybe this this win streak feels like as ho-hum as it does. Like if if this was Jack Capuano's Islanders or Scott Gordon's Islanders and the Islanders were eight and three in October, like <laughs> I, I would be, you know, we we I'd already have We'd already have, have had a parade just for this. Like, oh, we, we you mean we're going to have meaningful games around Thanksgiving? Like, this is awesome. Like, this is great. Like, this – I don't think that's and, – and that's obviously not the case anymore. Like, this is – and I'm not saying, like, we're, t- we're taking it for granted. It's just, like, it's business. It's – this is the kind of what they're, – they're putting the standard at this level and we're, we're meeting that level. And, and I think nobody is getting – like, sure, it's great and we all get, like, caught up in it during, like, the, the games. But, like, they're and, – and there's a, a, a Twitter and – and being a fan is all about hyperbole, but like at the same time, like we're we're taking it as it comes, and just it's like a one day at a time. It's it's so weird. I've just I've never really seen or been a part of this like kind of just fan bases all together. Like they're sure there are people who are still clamoring for Joshua Sang to play on the on the top <laughs> line wing or whatever. But like for the most part, everyone is just going down this one way street together, and you know while other people might be throwing stuff at us and, and screaming like we're just you know taking care of business look at the dumpster fires going on around the league like there's <laughs> they're like mike babcock is like oh my being god run out, he's being run out of toronto bruce right. boudreaux being run out of minnesota yeah. the stars are a mess the you, I, mean, I mean you said it like i think it was last uh, episode of the year, episode before that the old adage is you you can't make the playoffs in october but you can certainly you know find yourself out of them and we saw the Sabres do an eleven go on an eleven game win streak last year and not even come close to the playoffs. So like there's nothing there's no guarantee here at all. But like if you just take a take a second to like come up above the Islander echo chamber and look around, you're like, Holy crap, like yeah. we are in amazing shape for a team that 
three weeks ago looked like it was running around with its head cut off. <laughs> yeah, the the sharks have been really bad. The stars beat up on the wild last night, and then the wild are in St. Louis tonight and are probably losing. And yeah, Bruce Boudreau, I don't know what's going on. I mean, they they got the new GM kind of free hall pass, so I don't know how long that you know they're probably just going to hum along and see where it's going. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the first two games of the season, it looked like the Rangers and Devils were going to make some noise, and they've both sunk to the bottom of the division. I don't know if they're going to stay there, but uh, it's uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, again, it, it's to be in this spot. You know, you don't have to be leading the division right now, but to to be up there and to be hanging on is great. And it's seven games, and and you know, you, you definitely want to bank those points. And uh, Mark Parrish said something really interesting on the. Uh, no sleep till Belmont uh, podcast with Arthur Staple, where he he was saying that, um, you know, early in the season, you just want to bank points. Like you don't really, you know, everybody's still trying to get their sea legs under them and, and get into the rhythm and, and get the, but nobody really has that system down right out of the gate. I mean, maybe if you're like the Stanley cup champions or something, you might, but, but everybody's kind of, you know, look working their way around. And so, you know, just to win the games is important. You know, you get them a shootout, you get them an overtime, maybe you get a lucky break, maybe some guy is hot, maybe some guy's not. Um, you're, you'll take it. And then it's it's until, like, the next months of the season where you start to tighten things. Okay, now we really need to fix this. Now this guy needs to get on that. And then things will, will tighten up and, and you'll sort of become, you know, get into the rhythm that you need to to get to the playoffs. So I thought that was really interesting that even he's like, yeah, just get the points and get the hell out of there. <laughs> it's like, okay, good, I'll take it. But uh, again, the last three games, the Islanders have done a lot more than that. Uh, and they're doing it uh, with now a spate of injuries. I mean, they've had more injuries in this month than they had all last season, which is really remarkable. Um, the game in Ottawa, well, so Jordan Eberle was already out with a lower body injury. Uh, he may have uh, be close to skating again. I'm not sure, but he's definitely going to be out for the foreseeable future. Obviously, Andrew Ladd is still out, although he has resumed skating. Uh, and Casey Zizekas was uh, missing for a little while too, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, he had gotten hurt in the preseason, the last game of the preseason, played the first couple of games, clearly wasn't right, and then just sat for, I think, three or four games and then came back. But I will talk a lot about Casey's a little bit. Um, then in the game in Ottawa, both Tom Kuhnhockel and Matt Martin got hurt. Martin uh, Kuhnhockel's leg bent in a way that nobody's leg should bend. It, it, he went up against in the boards, and his leg sort of bent up, and we still don't know what it is. It's a lower body injury. He's out four to six weeks. Then a few minutes later, Matt Martin takes a regular old check into the boards uh, near the Ottawa bench. The door wasn't locked. He goes into the bench. He hurts his knee, I guess. Um, he got went off, came back to finish the game, but was, again, laboring. He's also out four to six weeks. That must be pretty bad when you when you take Matt Martin out for four to six weeks. Jeez. Um, and then um, Leo Komarov is sick. Nobody knows what he's got. He, it's been more than a week now. I don't know if he's got some sort of like Resident Evil zombie T-virus or something. I hope he's going to be okay, but uh, he must have something really bad because uh, he's been sick and he's been out. And so it has opened up spots for new players. And while the team – because Zizekas came back, and uh, I think we should pause for a moment to really appreciate a guy who I think we haven't appreciated enough, and that's Casey Zizekas. I mean, this guy came back into the lineup, and the team looked completely different. And – I know a lot of people are like, well, that sucks. He's like a fourth line guy. And that's, you know, he's the guy who sets the Tony for your team. I got news for you. He is. <laughs> and we, you're going to have to just get used to it because he is the, the, the guy who sets the tone for this team. And when that line and Casey in particular was not out starting those games, there was a palpable difference in how this team played and that he's back and healthy 
they look much, much, much better. And it's it's remarkable. It really is. And you know, you don't want to put that much trust in one guy, but boy, he really does make a difference. It's crazy, you know. I mean, he he's you know, we talk a lot and we always give a lot of love to like, you know, Josh Bailey and even like Brock Nelson to this to this point, like and say and we, we, we kind of, you know, beat beat the horse dead with a uh, with like the oh, do you think, you know, a Minnesota Wild fan would even know who Josh Bailey is after all this time? But I think actually people know who Casey Sezekis is and like oh, yeah. that, that you know, in in, in in a good way. Like, you know, they look at him and they're like, you know, like John Madden kinda was with the Devils. Like John Madden had just a reputation in, in throughout the NHL where you're like yeah, this guy's just so hard to play against. He's so smart. He just knows where to be. And, and, and I feel like Sezekis is sort of in that mold where he's just like, look, if this, he's not a top line center. We know that. But if he, if he needs to play, you know, second line center for a game or third line, fourth line, he's going to do it. And, and he'll do it effectively. He won't, you know, light up a score sheet, but he's not going to cost your team territory, which is right. so important. And he's just been doing this for, you know, what, seven, he's been around for a long time now. And, uh, I remember when he signed that extension, I was, you know, a little skeptical about the the term and whatever. And uh, it's turned out to be a great deal for the Islanders. And he's just, yeah, like you said, like you just can't, you can't, like we, we, you, you should feel bad and we should feel bad for talk going a whole hour talking about the Islanders without ever bringing him up, especially, you know, just how important he is. He's, no, he's not the MVP. He's definitely not the MVP of the New York Islanders. And right. We know that, like, but he's definitely just he could be the like the most important player like just he is that piece that makes the entire forward group work like this there's no talent we know there's you know outside of the top six the, the talent isn't there but this guy is you know being it working harder than somebody else in a sport where you know working hard is half the battle is is, is a talent like we saw that with john Tavares. like john Tavares, the the most important part of his game was that he was willing to work a little bit harder than you to get to the spot he needed to be or to get to the puck he needed to be. And Sezekis is the same way. I mean, yeah. it's just, he's just, it's, it's, if you just keep your eye on him for a shift, you're just like, okay, he was just in the, the far right corner in the offensive zone. The puck's coming back the other way and he's now in the, the exact opposite corner and he's still making <laughs> his presence felt. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just, you're right though. We just don't, we don't talk about him enough. He's no. really just, he's just a, a really great guy. He, he really is. And, um, you know, Trotz after the game against the Flyers called that line dogs on a bone. Again, no Martin, but it was Sezekis, Clutterbuck, and Michael Dalcole. And Dalcole fit right in. You know, I mean, they were dogs on a bone, he called them, which is a perfect description for them. And uh, it sounds, it feels like, and the other guy who's been really eye opening this season, I mean, uh, Barzell obviously has been because he's been Barzell, but uh, both Anthony Bovillier has been phenomenal this whole season. And, and he, I think, has picked up. Uh, a touch of the Sezikis as well. And he's out there doing really sort of Casey Sezikis y things. Like he's hitting, he's, you know, he's being relentless on puck carriers, he's forcing turnovers. And I, that's a lot of stuff that, you know, he kind of would do intermittently before, but now he does it seemingly every time he's on the ice. And it's just been awesome. And, and Trotz had a quote, I, I forget where it was from, but he said that, um, uh, you know, last year, the uh, Bovillier was a little bit too kind of focused on getting points and assists and was kind of getting down on himself because he wasn't getting them. And uh, this season, they focused on having him play uh, within the system and do the things that they need him to do. And I guess like forcing turnovers and hounding puck carriers and, and getting the puck. And, you know, he's going to be successful doing that. And so far with Nelson and Broussard, he has been. And, you know, it's, the points will come as long as you play the system. That, this is what Trotz has been preaching forever now and will preach 
for a time immemorial, you know, if you play the system, the points will come. And I don't even know how many points Bo has right now, but uh, it doesn't matter because he's, he's looked phenomenal. I mean, he, he could have had two goals against the Flyers and uh, he ended up with zero points. He hit two posts against in Ottawa and he could have had a couple of goals there. Uh, he's He's been awesome. And uh, I just love to see it. And so, I mean, if you get a Casey Sezikis type on a scoring line, then you've got sort of the best of both worlds and you can, you know, fill in there and then you have the actual Sezikis line and then you have a third line that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bo has just been, it's just been fun to watch it. He's it, such a it fun feels like, to watch. it feels like, yeah, he, he's turned into like just a, uh, you know, just a little buzzsaw almost in with, right. with, with talent. And, and it feels like he's, if you had asked me and I honestly don't know how many points he's got, you know, off the top of my head, it feels like he's got like 13, like, you know, he's, <laughs> That's how well he's played, and he's he's just been effective. And and you know, going back to that point about realizing just like how deep Trotz and and Lamarillo, like the system and like the philosophy goes, like there are just these layers that we still haven't gotten to yet. Like that will like the seeds that were planted last year with with Beauvillier are really starting to you know reap or to bear fruit right now, right? Like this isn't this isn't just like in a, you know moving him to to the second line and he's doing well. This is they've been working with him since last year and now we're starting to see just kind of like the beginning of of what is his going to be hopefully what is hopefully going to be his kind of ascent up to being like a, a legitimate top six winger and uh that's and, and when they would talk about last year like Beauvillier when they you know he would get scratched or his ice time would be crushed like when people would get upset and as you know that's what fans do and uh you know I definitely was getting frustrated when he you know when Leo Komarov and Valtteri Filippo were playing more <laughs> more time you're getting more ice time than him or he was even playing with them but now you're starting to see like all right like the method to the madness is is there like you just we I said it with my buddy Mike all last year we're just like whenever we'd get mad about the uh, you know, a lineup change or whatever. Just like I just, you know, I trust Barry Trotz in my life. It's and and you you if, if whenever you get upset, whenever the Islanders you think they do something stupid, you just say that out loud and you're like, <laughs> I actually do trust this guy with my oh, yeah. life. Like, oh, yeah. I I just know he, he's just the type of guy that you, if your car broke down on and and he was driving by, he, he'd just be like, oh, I'll I'll take care of this tire for you in a minute. <laughs> oh no, I'm total. I've told people I'm all in on Barry Trotz. Like whatever he's doing, if he feels that lineup is the best then that's the lineup that's the best. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be always right, but he knows the team better than I do. And so I'll take I'll I'll defer to him. And I know that's not a thing that you're supposed to say these days, but I'm saying it anyway. Uh, for the record, Anthony Beauvillier, two goals and four assists so far in 11 games this season. He's the inverse of Anders Lee, who has four goals and two assists this season for six points. But, you know, I mean, that's that's almost half a point a game. Like, that that's good. That, or a little more than half a point a game. So that, that's what you want to see. Uh, but it's really, you know, the numbers don't particularly tell the story because if you've been watching Beauvillier this whole season, he's just been awesome. And, and it's, again, he, it's like he's found another gear. It's like he wasn't, it's not that he wasn't good before. He was, but... He's just found that other gear, and I think it's really been uh, beneficial to him for sure. Um, and then, you know, the the <laughs> Nick Letty game, uh, as Mike Carver said, we should start calling it now. Uh, that, w- that was just awesome. And, you know, <laughs> Trotz, I don't know who exactly who he was talking about, but after the game he was like, you know, Shannon Hogan was asking him about uh, Nick, and he was like, uh, yeah, you know, you, I see his name come up every once in a while. That's what he, he said something like, when you see his name come up in trade rumors, you know that's all nonsense because you don't trade a guy like Nick Letty. And so that's, you know, this is the kind of player that we could have saw Nick, we wanted Nick Letty to be, going coast to coast, 
I don't know about scoring penalty shots, but you know, doing everything he can out there and just using these tools that so few defensemen have. And uh, it was funny too after he scores, he has you know the highest scoring game of his life, and you know the game where he's clearly the number one star. He's just still mumbling away at his post game press conference, just the low, low talkingest <laughs> low talker ever. And uh, yeah, that's just how he is. He's just a low low key guy. He just happened to. I mean, just what you just said right there too is like more, you know, about Barry Trotz too. It's like. I'm sure that Nick Letty, who was traded, he was basically traded in May by by he was traded by you, he was traded by me, he was traded by Arthur Staple, he was traded right. by Andrew Gross, he was traded by everybody. Like he was traded. The Islanders were trading him for a full. They were, him and Jason Zucker might as well right. just trade swaps <laughs> places. Like it was it was a done deal. That's going to affect somebody. But then to have your coach come out and say like, yeah, we're not going to trade this guy. I, like look what he just did. Like that is going to go a long way. Like to just calming up someone's nerves and letting them do their part like that's once again i can't think of other coaches in the league that would first of all just pick up on that and and say it in something like that and i'm sure that you know that meant the world to 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 letty who as as we've kind of come to know he's just an introverted guy he's probably just you know not he's probably tries to stay out of the you know the columns as much as he can so just to hear that probably was like that's that's that must have been great must have been a weight off his shoulders and that's just more kind of like trotsy and genius yeah, basically. So uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes from here. But uh, everybody's looking good, feeling good, and uh, you know, we hope to see it uh, again uh, in a couple of games that are coming up. Uh, after the break, we'll talk about those games and we'll talk about some young blood that was uh, injected into the Islanders uh, via call up today. So come right back. Thanks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today, uh, the Islanders made a, uh, I guess, a bit of a surprise uh, roster move, calling up Otto Koivula to uh, the big club from Bridgeport. He had been uh, injured for a little while, uh, but uh, again, with all the injuries, they had some spaces to fill, and, and they called up Big Otto, who was about... Seven feet, five inches tall and weighs 382 pounds or something. like that. I don't know what he is, but he's a big boy. And uh, last year they switched him from winger to center and unlocked his potential, at least started to unlock his potential. And uh, this is a huge opportunity for him. And we're entering kind of a weird, you talk about weird feelings for Islanders fans. Like we're entering a weird stage right now where the Islanders <laughs> roster has uh Otto Koivula, Koivula, who's up now. Oliver Wallstrom, who was up before. Michael Dow Cole, who is not that young, but he's still pretty young to us. And, I mean, might as well be a rookie. And Noah Dobson, who's still hanging on the fringes and waiting to get a spot. This is a lot of young blood 
Oh, so, uh, well, Car- Cole Bardrow, I guess, doesn't count as young blood. He's new to us, but he's 26. But this is a lot of sort of like Bridgeport uh, DNA that's been infused into this team right now. And it's kind of weird to see. And uh, I mean, obviously, we're, we're rooting for all these guys to succeed, but uh, they're creating, I think, a lot of competition here. I mean, Wallstrom came on like a house on fire those first couple of games and he still has no points and, and his ice time is diminished and he's not quite as crisp as it was before. And at first I kind of thought he was going to go back, but he's still here. And as long as there's injuries, I guess they're all going to be here. And then we'll have to see where they, where they end up playing. But uh, I'm interested to see big Otto. I, I didn't think he would get a call up this year. Honestly, I thought he, they were going to leave him down there and he was going to work on his game a little more and the position a little more, but I guess they just need people and they like what they saw in camp. And so here he is. So let's do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm excited, and, and you know if he does end up playing, like imagine you know here you go here's your here's your first game. They they play the Lightning uh, Friday night at the Coliseum, so that's a that'll be an interesting you know first test for him uh, going up against who, who you know who, whoever he ends up match up with. They're all they're all good over there. They they just scored seven goals in a seven six game against the Devils that we you know <laughs> we're just guffawing at right. during the break. But um, yeah, I mean it's it, he's he seems just like. He, the, that prototypical big center. I mean, Miko Koivu is uh, like a big, you know, heady guy, and that's that's why I want because I guess because of the name or whatever. Like I just want to, you know, Miko Koivu's name is in Kov- Kovoila or however, however we're gonna pronounce Koivula. it. Koivula. Like <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean, I just hope he, he by all um, kind of by all accounts, he seems just to be a uh, you know a guy who you could kind of do everything a little bit, and and he uses his size well and. Uh, seems like an unearthed gem that they got. So I'm, I'm really, exci- I'm, you know, I was very excited about Wallstrom. I thought he, you know, he, he, his, his, his ice, ice time kind of diminished strangely because I thought he had a really good game against Columbus, and then from then that point on, he, he kind of uh, started to not get as much trust, I guess, from from the coaching staff. But uh, it, it is. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Islanders were, were looked like this as a roster in when they were. Um, when they weren't in February, thirty-two points out of a playoff spot, you know. So, so <laughs> yeah, this right. is this is this is cool. I mean, it's uh, it'll be fun to see these guys play meaningful games and and see how Trots and uh, and company kind of deploy them. Yeah, um, it's definitely interesting because everybody's got kind of their own sort of story. Like Dal Cole was up last year, uh, made the team out of camp, and kind of does his thing. But he, you know, I think even he and, and the coaches would admit that while his thing is effective, you know, at some point you got to start putting points on the board. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to need to find that edge to his game where he hasn't really yet. Again, he's been good. He's been doing what he does. But, uh, you know, at some point you need to kind of get on the score sheet, I think, or at least help others get on the score sheet. So he's kind of one thing. Then you have Wallstrom, who, again, was called up and, and really turned a lot of heads those first couple of games. I mean, I'll never forget that first shift against the Blues when he came out and he hit some guy in the corner and you're like, holy cow, he's this guy is ready to jump in with both feet. And uh, he might have had you know, three or four different scoring chances in that game. And then the next game, too, I, he, he looked pretty good. But, yeah, his ice time has diminished. His, his sort of chances have diminished. And, uh, you know, I, I – Again, I I don't know if he meant he thought he was going to get called up this year, but I think he he wants to be here, but he's still kind of trying to find his way, and and he he definitely wants to be in the NHL. Obviously, they all do, but I think he's still he's more than anybody is still trying to find his way. Um, Koivula is up, and you know I don't again I don't think any he was watching TV apparently on his couch when he got the call, so we'll have to see how he turns out. But I mean, if he's a center. 
Um, even when healthy, this team is in, in need of a third-line center, uh, especially if Brizard ends up playing more on the wing. Um, that's going to mess with the, the lineup all over the place. But uh, if he could carve a spot out for himself there, that would be kind of huge. And But again, like unlike Wallstrom, you, gotta, you can't just start good and then kind of tail off. You have to start good and keep going. So we'll see how that works out. And then you've got Dobson, who, you know, is can't get in the lineup right now. All the defense for all the the injuries on and forward, all the defensemen are healthy. And uh, Dobson is having trouble getting into the game. When he gets in, he looks like he belongs. He looks like he's a veteran. And you know, he I, did he play in Ottawa? Did he play? He played. Um, or he played. Or, the, he played one game where he's the seventh defenseman. Yeah. I oh right, yeah, I they, right. They played. They played seven D in that game. Right. That, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. That was why there was like four people on the bench at one point because they started with eleven D, eleven forwards. Um, but he played in that game and he looked totally fine. Like he just kind of looked like he belonged there. My guess is that he'll. He's not. He, Lou Lamorello said. I, don't, I think. I think he said. I might be wrong, but I don't think he said that he's going back to junior anytime soon. And he can't go. Oh, that's what it was. Lou has said that he wishes he could send him to the AHL, but he can't. So he, if he's not going back to the juniors and he's not going back to the AHL, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to play him every once in a while. And I think he's going to end up playing for Team Canada at the World Junior Championship. Like, I just think that's where he's going to end up going. Uh, and then he'll come back and he'll play a bunch of more games. He'll probably end up playing about 40 games or so. So that's my guess. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see how these guys are all working out. And, I mean, I don't want to get too excited because – you know, these guys could kind of go anywhere and, and see what happens. But it, I thought about this before. I'm like, boy, when was the last time? And you bring up a good point. Like, the last time the Islanders had that many rookies on their team was probably, you know, in like a March when they were 25 points out of the playoffs. Yeah, it was, it was like, like Rhett Rekshani, yeah. Steve Regeer, like those kind of guys. Like, they're like, I don't, I don't know. These guys are scoring right. the AHL. Let's just see if they're actually legitimate. Well, they just signed this guy, Kevin Churchman, out of St. Cloud State, and they're just going to play him? Sure, okay, why not? You know, like, who the hell are these guys? But now, the, like, the who the hell are these guys are like the guys that you want to be there and you want to see them succeed. So, you know, it, right now the spots are there because of the injuries. They're not always going to be there. I mean, four or five weeks from now, Matt Martin and, and Tom Kuhnhackle or whoever are going to start coming. Not that Kuhnhackle plays every game, but, you know, Matt Martin, we don't know what's going on with Leo. We don't know what's going on with Jordan Eberle or Ladd. Like, these guys are going to start coming back eventually. But, I mean, they probably have about three weeks here, I would say, to really make a case for themselves. And if they do, well, then you're going to have to figure out Somebody's going to have to figure out where the lineup goes, and I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, they're going to have to figure it out. But it's going to be exciting to watch. And I'm, I mean, Otto to me is just so fascinating. Everything, every, even his name is fascinating. I just want to see this big boy yeah. go to work. You know, <laughs> I hope, I hope he plays like his name. You know, like that's mm. a, that's what I'm envisioning. I can see that kind of name and yeah, just being a powerful name. Like um, he, 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 he feels like, like he if he works out, like that's like a type of cult favorite. Like with a name like that, and people. People like around, not um, like the Islander periphery, like that aren't necessarily Islander fans, like will start loving. Mm. He seems like he's that kind of player. Uh, can, uh, I mean, and uh, just like to continue on that though, the, the, they're coming into, and, and we this is another point that we always brought in, they're coming into a situation, like you look at Devon Taves last year, he came in, mm. played right. amazing, stayed. Like, that's, that's sure, like they, the Islanders might be slow to give their first chance, but. If you take that first chance and right. you and you do what you're supposed to do and you you kind of toe the company line, so to speak, like you you can stay, like you'll stay and and you'll just be a part of the team. So uh, I don't I don't I think there's there's like there's a lot to lose, but there's so much more to gain with for these guys. And uh, and the Dobson thing, I think at this point, like look, like the Islanders' top six defensemen have stayed healthy throughout the first, you know, knock on wood, like month of the season. They did all 
basically for a lot of time last year. But someone's going to get hurt at some point, and Dobson will come in, and you know we might see a similar situation like that. So I'm not, I'm really not too worried about it. I'd love to see him play, but I don't really think that after the first couple games, I think I was very worried about the way Boychuk and you know Mayfield to some extent were going, and uh, those those kind of fears have been diminished. And and I'm kind of like we said, like just trusting you know the guys in charge because. You know, why the hell wouldn't you? <laughs> We've actually seen that twice. We've been lucky to see that twice where a guy just came up. Actually, three times now that I think about it, where a guy just comes up from the minors and is just there. So, I mean, we saw that with Devon Taves who came up. And really, I mean, that game it was around Christmas, I guess, in, in Dallas uh, really set the tone for the Islanders' second half of the season and basically propelled them into the playoffs. It wasn't all him, but that that's really kind of a demarcation point for like, yes, after this point, they were really, really good. Um, Ryan Pollock came up uh, that one year, I believe. Was it a, was it in the playoffs or was it close to the playoffs? I, I think it was, yeah, it was just before the playoffs where he came up and, and was as advertised and was just, again, he just fit perfectly in there. And then the injury started happening the next season. He broke his foot. He was in the minors the whole time. It was not a good scene. But what, what made it bad was that you had seen this guy play. <laughs> You'd seen him play in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs, and you're like, damn, that guy is good. Why is he not here? Well, because he's in the minors now. Okay, great. Um, and then before that was Travis Hamanick. We've talked about it before. Travis Hamanick came up. I forgot who was hurt. Probably Martinek. And uh, they called this guy up from, from Bridgeport. <laughs> and uh, he was wearing a number 36 jersey, and he comes out, and he's hitting people, and he's doing stuff. And you're just like, damn, I love this guy. And, and you know, that love affair lasted for the next whatever it was, seven or eight years. Uh, and it was just, you know, he, he, he came up, and he never looked back. He never went back to Bridgeport again. He was just, okay, this guy's in our top six now. That's it. Uh, and so it's it's kind of cool to see. And we've seen it three times, and now hopefully, you know, at some point we, we see it again with uh, one of these forwards. Yeah, probably it was probably Martinez. <laughs> I just that, that that begs to bring up the Lucas Pisa saga, which was oh amazing. My God, yeah. That the whole the whole way that unfolded was so fun. Yeah. Like so he 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 gets put on or he gets signed by a team that they can't nobody knows who it is yet. But Lucas Pisa all of a sudden is on waivers. That just comes out. <laughs> right. That it comes out that it's Anaheim, and which makes sense because he's played for them and right. he's got a house, a house there. there. Yeah. He's got a family there. <laughs> Gets put on waivers, and you know Lucas Pisa has been playing. We talked, we joked about it now for months. Like he's just been on Long Island skating, and mm. it took this long to get for a team to get to him, and it ends up being the team he wants to go. And then what happens? Mm. When it when it when it pegs, scoops him up off waivers, <laughs> and then he hurts Patrick Line the, the in the morning skate before they play the team that he wanted to sign with the Ducks, and, and that's who he made his debut against. It's too funny. Yeah. Uh, apparently, what? he had been talking to Winnipeg, so he's like, oh, it wasn't a surprise. But it's like, no, dude, I'm sure it was a surprise. Like, you're on your way to Anaheim. Actually, Freeman <laughs> yeah. had the whole thing about that in the 31 Thoughts. Yeah, he did. It was great. I mean, it's just – what I mean, I love this. The Islanders are just, like, randomly, you know, kind of holding this guy, and he ended up doing something even weirder than skating with the Islanders and just, like, keeping, keeping in game shape. And – Ironically, the other guy who whose role he filled retired right, right before that. Yeah. You know, Seidenberg. So, the Islanders, I guess they're gonna have to call Martinez and just get. The, they gotta get a new. They gotta get a new. You know, yeah, right. fake eighth, eighth defenseman. That did. That actually occurred to me today. I thought about that too. I'm like, wow, for the first time in like three years, the Islanders don't have like a phony PTO defenseman like hanging around just just for because. But uh, I, I'm gonna save my time for for Seidenberg. There, we're gonna close with the whole Seidenberg thing. So. We'll get to him later. Uh, instead, right now, I want to hear about your weekend in New Orleans because you you tweeted a picture of yourself from LSU Stadium in 
not LSU garb or Auburn garb, who they were playing, in the classic fisherman jersey with the fisherman hat. And I am very interested to find out exactly what the response and reaction was to you, <laughs> a man in Islanders gear in New Orleans at LSU Stadium for a football game. What was that like? Yeah, so you know, I had kind of been wrestling with what you know with it because because I uh, I you know I knew I was going to go down there to root for LSU and uh, you know I, I bet on them and just I wanted to kind of get the full experience. But I also the thought occurred to me that I don't think I don't think the Islander logo maybe has ever made it into to Tiger Stadium. And, Probably and not. that's <laughs> <laughs> and especially especially yeah it was the it was the that jersey is like the the fisherman template with the Islander classic logo. And oh, uh, all right. yeah, and and then I have the fisherman hat, and um, and I, so I thought, well, that definitely not this version of of the Islander jersey has ever made it in, and um, so I we got there, got off the, we get off our, we had taken a bus, uh, it's like, you know, I have three brothers, and then my dad, and like a bunch of my friends, and cousin, and my uncle, like it was a, nineteen people or twenty of us down there, uh, for my bachelor party, and uh, I get off the, we get off the bus, and then this big other bus comes right behind, parks right behind us. And this, you know, kind of like big cherubic looking kid, you know, <laughs> cage into the core, like comes off the bus and just starts screaming. And he's saying Islanders in a way that I, I can't even like, <laughs> and like. It wasn't Islanders. <laughs> it was the, the most, I couldn't believe it was, there were some E's and O's and U's and all sorts of X's and silent X's. It was crazy the way he was yelling. And, and he wasn't, he wasn't saying anything else besides that. He mm. was just pointing and yelling. And I was like, oh, crap, is this guy just going to, like, you know, beat the shit out of me for, like, disrespecting, <laughs> you know, SEC? It's a religion. I mean, this – it is a different – different – we think we tailgate at Nassau Coliseum and we do, but, like, this is – No, this is – yeah. This is – They invented man. it this, there. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, like, it's sacred to them. Like, if you and – I, and, I, and, I, and that thought had also crossed my mind. I'm like, I didn't want to, like, you know, be there and, and make a mockery of it or, or something. But, you know, I did want to stand out, but I wanted to stand out for the Islanders and – um, get people to like see and be like realize like oh that's a team that exists in in, in American <laughs> sports and um, and he just starts screaming and he's like yeah and he gets his friend he like pulls his friend off the bus and he's and the other friend just starts yelling the same thing and they're like we went we've been to one hockey game in our entire life uh, and it was the Kings against the Islanders and uh, this little Islander fan was sitting in front of us he's like they're like he must have been just nine years old couldn't be older than that. The Kings scored. We were there to cheer for the Kings because it's in L.A. And the Islander fan kid turned around and told them, you know, to blank my blank. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was, and he's like, he's like, and as soon as that happened, like we just became Islander fans. Like the <laughs> nine-year-old kid, like cursing us out. It was crazy. Uh, and That's so funny. So that was the start of it. And then, um, you know, my my buddy Darren uh, had kind of texted somebody new at LSU. He's like. He's like his buddy called me. He's like, hey, I can. They do this like parade basically before every home game. So the sh the team shows up at the top of this hill. Uh, they come out of these buses. Like the the band follows them. They play. It's just a big parade. It's probably like you know ten minute ordeal. People, there's thousands <laughs> of people on both sides of the street behind barricades. So um so this guy's like, hey, like if you sh if you come to this part of the, the campus, like you can march with the band. Oh, wow. So I'm like I'm like okay. Um, and I didn't tell him what I was wearing, so I, I was like, <laughs> I really hope he's not going to be like, oh, you can't, you know, you can't do right. that with it. So I just like, you know, I'm trying to find him for like ten minutes, and people are stopping me like, oh man, what the f are you doing here yeah. with that? Like, it, and everyone was really nice about it, but they were just like, what the hell? Like trying, and uh, you know, I met some people from Toronto that were like, oh my god, 
Oh. Yeah, they were they were down there just to, like see the experience. They're like they're like you know basically like oh, f- Islanders and uh, <laughs> but in a, you know in, in a fun manner back and forth and right. um, so like I was getting stopped like every now and then I saw I mean there were some people from Long Island down there also on bachelor parties that would stop me but so I get to the uh, to this where this thing is and the team just shows up with like a full motorcade like <laughs> you know the whoop 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 like right. going crazy like it's so loud coach uh, coach o Ed Orgeron who's just like hero down there because he's he's a you know he's a louisiana guy and he's like full-on cajun as well like they love him there and worship the ground he's he stands on gets off the bus the team comes off the bus the place is going nuts then the the band comes and then the guy's like all right like go on down and i so i just said so it's just a sea of purple it's like the football team in suits and the coach and a sea of purple and gold playing their music and then just you know a guy in an islander jersey (laughs) from from the mid-90s said like you know, we're just marching and I don't know what the hell the plan is, but yeah. like, you know, the band would stop and like do like moves and start like changing songs. The place would go nuts. And every now and then you just would hear like, you know, go Islanders. And I can, oh, I just would wave at someone. And <laughs> uh, so like it, it was, it was, it was surreal in, in that way. And, and I, I just couldn't believe nobody. I was just really happy. Nobody like, you know, tried to, you know, you know, beat the shit out of me for, for, for <laughs> disrespecting and, and the the, right. the sacred, you know, SEC rituals or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice. I, I was happy to get the Islanders into uh, yeah into Tiger Stadium, and, and I think it's funny that because I think their color scheme is beautiful, uh, that purple and right. uh, gold, and then you you throw in some teal and and <laughs> and navy blue and orange, and and it becomes a little bit different. Yeah, but, you stick uh, out. That's, a, that's a, that was what I thought when I took the picture. I was like, boy, he's gonna stick out like a sore thumb up there. But was that why those guys went to that Kings game? Was because they, they were wearing purple and gold? I they probably not at the time. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> they just were. They just they they did do a good job explaining where I, I was like, I, this game sounds like it's at NASA Coliseum or Barclays right. Center, and then and then it turned out to be, I guess, in L.A. and then they told me about the kid who cursed them out. It was they were like, his kid's nine years old, and we just now we just love the Islanders. And we always, they they like were like talk they they like chant that they right. it's like I guess they're a frat that they like will chant like in homage and pay homage to this kid by like chanting what what the kids said to them at each other. And they're like we we love the Islanders so much because of this kid. And I just thought so like yeah, it took two seconds for for me to step off the bus, and that happened. Wow, so. that I mean that that's amazing. Like again, I, I like what you said before you go to a place where I don't think they would know that the Islanders even existed. Like this is, you know, uh, yeah, there was guess, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of people who are like, I don't, you know, like that, that's the hockey team. Right. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hockey team. Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they have hockey down in Louisiana. We know that, but oh, yeah. uh, that that's pretty awesome though. And and the fact that it was like your bachelor party weekend and that, I mean, as if it wasn't going to be memorable already, like now it's even more memorable because you've, you've somehow managed to work your favorite team into your bachelor party, which is like astonishing. I mean, that's crazy. You know, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, we'll go to a Mets game or something. Like, that's one, that's a game, but like, you know, for you to have done what you did at your bachelor party weekend is like, that's awesome. You know, I mean, I just can't. I, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, you should have that jersey framed or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, the picture, if you haven't seen it, check out Mike's uh, Twitter uh, account, the Big Lebowski, and you can see it there. And it's just, it's it, it was awesome because, I mean, you got, was it, were those your seats or did you just get over there to, like, take the picture of the end zone? No, yeah, the seats were, like, up a little higher. Um, but, that like, that was, like, I came down and it just the, the kind of crowd that was, like, in that area for, uh, it was, like, seating for, for, uh, you know, disabled people and their families, and and it had just kind of cleared up for a second. I was like, I got to get a picture, <laughs> and and it was just said, and and I'm terrible at taking 
pictures to begin with. And I mean, I took a couple other ones that were just terrible that mm-hmm. I also put up and uh, it just ended up working out really nicely. Yeah, no, that was cool. Uh, and if you've never been to a college football game, uh, you should try and go at least once. I'm not a huge college sports person at all, but my friend went to grad school at Penn State, and so he was, I was like, oh, can, you know, can we, like, you get tickets and we go to a game? He's like, yeah, I get tickets. So we went to watch this game against Iowa that would, went to overtime as a whole thing. And, I mean, I've been to crazy hockey games, and it's pretty crazy, but, man, like, I don't know, 100,000 people or whatever all standing at once at the same time. Like, you don't sit, right? I mean, you probably stood the entire game, right? It's, yeah, like, it's insane. Yeah, like the energy level is through the through the roof, you know. I mean, Island uh, hockey games do have lulls every once in a while where you can kind of catch your breath until you you know lose it again. But college football games are a whole other thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I don't yeah. I don't know how people do. And people come like alumni come back. That that to me was crazy. Like the you know the stands were half filled with old people that had went to school had graduated years and years and years before. And it's like they all come back, and it's like. Uh, I have. I think I went back to St. John's once since I graduated, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago. I think it was to get a, a piece of paper signed or a copy of something or something like that. So it was not fun. I was like, oh man, this is this commute sucks. <laughs> it was this was pretty bad. Uh, when you don't have to do it every day, it's even worse. So. <laughs> but uh, no, that that was that was really cool. Anything else? What else did you do while you were down there? Uh, we were in New Orleans uh, Friday and Saturday night. I, I um and Sunday night. You know, saw some blues. Uh, drank a lot and uh <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was it was fun and uh i i i didn't think i i wore an islander shirt i think one other night but <laughs> I, that was the only that was my only islander yeah. part really that that i got but i mean it's, new orleans is just a it's a fantastic place it's, it's it, you you get off the plane you know you get in the cab and as soon as you get to where you're going like it just swallows you up and then spits you <laughs> spits you out on the other side and uh in a really, in, a, in the best way, like, yeah. and there's just, you're running into music, it's just crazy, uh, so, yeah, highly recommend that, cool. and, uh, Dan yeah. definitely ditto to what you said, like, the hundred, it's, you don't really understand, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening went to, you know, been to games like that, like, that's the first time I've ever been to a game with a hundred thousand people yeah, in a stance, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it looks, it looks like it sounds, like, it looks exactly like what a hundred thousand people looks like, it's, there's just people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a sea of humanity, and they're, again, they're all standing and, and moving and cheering and everything in unison, it's like, it's, it's almost too much, it's almost like information overload, you know, um, yeah. did you, did you have a beignet while you were down there, though? Yeah, oh yeah. Awesome, yeah, yeah as, as a lover good. of pastry, I need to get down there and have a beignet, just, just to go, yeah, just to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's worth the hype. They are they are delicious. I can't imagine. Uh, it's funny. Uh, so you you were in New all last week. You were in New Orleans. Uh, a friend of mine from work was in Nashville. He and his wife went with a bunch of other couples for a couple of days in Nashville. And then my in laws were in Vegas. My uh, my brother in law had a tryout for Shark Tank. So I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But uh, it uh, I was like, That's oh awesome. man, every, yeah, everybody's going to all the coolest places. <laughs> all the, you know, everybody's having cool party time in the middle of uh, at the end of October. And uh, you know, while I'm, we're, we're all, it's been raining here for like five days straight. So uh, glad you guys had fun. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, thank uh, you. Cool, fun trip. Uh, okay, uh, so the Islanders have a couple of games uh, the end of this week. They are playing the. Tampa Bay Lightning, who Mike mentioned before, just beat the Devils seven to six in overtime uh, in a game from I don't know 1987, I guess apparently. Um, but uh, the Lightning are very good, um, but they're kind of having troubles lately, and so the Islanders might be catching them at a pretty good time. The next night they're in Buffalo, who had a great start to the season, kind of tailing off a little bit, lost the other night in a shootout to Arizona. Um, the Islanders might be catching them at a pretty good time too. 
Uh, Tuesday, they host the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, at Barclays Center. Actually, Tampa's game is at Barclays, too. And then a couple of days after that, our old friends, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who surely have not forgotten what went down last spring and would like to enact revenge on the Islanders. Um, I could see a scenario in which the Islanders win all four of these games. I could see a scenario in which they lose all four of these games. And I could see a scenario in which they split them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I hope they don't lose all four of them. That would really suck. But, uh, you know, I, I there's a mix of, of winnable to this, but also a bit of a trap situation. You know, I mean, the, the change to Barclays, I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Hopefully we don't have to talk about it next week. But uh, that might play a part. We'll have to see. But, uh, you know, I, I think they can win all four of these games. And, I mean, if we end up coming back next week and talking about an 11-game win streak, I don't. I don't even know what to do with myself. I, I can't even imagine. I don't know if I can wrap my head around it, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I almost don't even want. Like I just. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, it's. It's. I think you know. It's funny because the, 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 the obviously the first two games are back to back, and so you're you're gonna take a deep breath, and the next you're gonna wake up on Sunday morning. The Islanders are gonna be you know could be on a, a nine game winning streak or maybe they're you know points in nine straight or they could be on a two game losing streak like you know you just, you just really don't like those back to back games against two two teams that are you know one team that is you know playing lights out even though they they maybe aren't you know they they're probably punching above their weight a little bit to start and then you know a team that's punching below their weight but is still you know banking points like the lightning are and uh, so yeah I don't I really have no idea I'm not no, I got no feel I think yeah, but the Islanders, like you know, all I'll say is that they're going to be tough to beat. Like that, if you if you wanted to script out, you say yeah, the next four games are going to be like the last four games. The Islanders are going to be tough to beat, and you know, hopefully Brock Nelson scores or you know <laughs> a, a timely goal or some you know, hopefully you know Casey Zizekas has a two goal game. You know, right. it, it's some, you just need if they stick to what they've been doing and stay keep marching in line. Like they're they're going to keep collecting points against teams that maybe are better than them and beating the teams that are are going to make mistakes that the islanders are capitalized like i mean that's that's you when you play when they play the senators or for example later in the, the week and like how they did early in the week that's the type of team that you know you got to take those two points and the islanders are built to do it because they can capitalize on mistakes uh basically better than anyone because they play such a pragmatic game that they're pr- probably going not going to make as many mistakes uh as a as a bad team a team that's still trying to find its way uh and doesn't have much talent so hopefully uh yeah hopefully you know imagine that 11 11 game when i saw <laughs> when i saw that they this is the best start since 2001 in through 11 games i mean that 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 really and i was saying is, is this might sound hypocritical because i was saying that you know it's kind of hard to to fathom this this seven game win streak it doesn't really feel like feel like it, it kind of feels like matter of fact but like when i saw that it started to be like yeah like this is just kind of getting impressive and uh, you know, more people should probably should be talking about it, but I'm happy that, you know, there's plenty of other fires for Pierre Lebrun to be putting out right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I noted today that uh, Friedman threw the Islanders a bone while every other, all of his colleagues are kind of figuring out which Marley is going to get called up to save the Leafs, you know, but uh, he's always like, he's over here like, oh, but, but these guys have won seven games in a row. Did you guys know that? I'm sure everybody else did not. Um, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's funny because, 
the lineup, I think, is probably going to be more or less the lineup we were just talking about. It's going to have an Otto Koivula here, uh, an Oliver Wallstrom there. You know, maybe one of those guys sits, maybe one plays, maybe they both play. Maybe there's like a some kind of Bridgeport line with <laughs> Wallstrom and Del Cole and uh, Koiv- Koivula on one line. And then, you know, maybe Bardrow drops down or Ross Johnson comes back. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be interesting. And, I, I, you know, they also had this four-day break, and you wonder how it's going to work. But... You know, Trotz is known for his hard practices, and uh, I think that, you know, they're going to practice hard, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they had scouts at, at these games watching them live and seeing what they can find uh, kind of a weakness uh, in the lineup. So uh, we'll have to see. Again, it, it you know, like you said, way at the top. Like, we're all kind of taking it one day at a time. So we'll see what happens. You know, if they if they if the streak ends against the Lightning, hey, you know what? They're the Lightning. It happens. I would be totally confident that they're going to get it right back against Buffalo. If they beat the Lightning and they lose to Buffalo, well, you know what? I think they're going to get back against the Senators. So we'll see what happens, you know. But uh, I'm going to be at that Senators game, by the way, on Tuesday. Me and probably about 3,000 of my best friends at <laughs> Barclays <laughs> Center on a Tuesday in November watching a game against the Senators. But look, I look forward to the uh, attendance stories about that. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, real quick before we go, we have to say a fond and heartfelt farewell to an Islanders legend. He wasn't here for long, but he made a great impression, and uh, we love him to death. The one and only Dennis Seidenberg. You may know him as the German Iron Man. You may know him as the rookie landlord. You may know him as the eternal PTO. Uh, he is uh, he is officially retired after, I don't know, whatever, 15 years or so in the league, the Stanley Cup with the Bruins, and uh, is by all accounts just a phenomenal guy and, and you know totally beloved by his teammates, Johnny Boychuk, you know, posted a, a nice thing about him and the, the Islanders wrote a nice thing about him. And, uh, you know, he's hanging it up, but uh, he was made an Islanders, uh, a, a member of the Islanders front office. He's like working in player development now. I guess that means he's still being a landlord for guys like Noah Dobson and Matt Barzell and whoever else. But uh, uh, best of luck to Dennis in retirement, whatever he does. Uh, Johnny Boychuk said uh, he's in better shape than 90% of the guys in the league. And you know what? Looking at him. I believe it. <laughs> he looks like he could still play and probably uh, probably could have uh, had the Islanders not had 8,000 defensemen on the roster, probably would have played for them. But uh, we wish him nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, it, it was cool that he was here. I I'll, I remember, reminded myself, they picked him up after the World Cup. Remember, they had that yep. great World Cup. And the next thing you know, they signed him. And it's like, oh, my God, they actually signed this guy. <laughs> and uh, And then he started out like a house on fire and then just kind of, you know, kind of coasted from there on out. But uh yeah, he's apparently a great guy, so uh, we wish him the best, and uh, that was pretty cool. So Dennis, it's a little bit of a cheat, uh, but we make the rules, so who the hell cares? So Dennis Seidenberg is uh, this week's He Was an Islander. Don't forget, <laughs> five years from now, Dennis Seidenberg was an Islander. And you're like, oh, yeah. And I found out he was a coyote, too. I yeah, had no yeah. idea. You know, he he's he's obviously like a Bruin in, in everyone's right. head, but, like, yeah, he was he, he did, like, I feel like a lot of people do that, like, kind of sunbelt shuffle where they'll they'll do like the panthers and coyotes for a year at a time because absolutely no idea i remember yeah. him as a flyer but i had no idea he was a coyote a carolina hurricane and a panther mm-hmm. i had yep. no idea <laughs> yeah the uh i can see him as a panther and i think you know i think i, I want to say i mean and i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure he played on a pairing with uh the late carlish scratch since remember oh. him he, yeah. he was one of the guys who unfortunately died in that plane crash but uh I just remember watching those two guys play, and I was just like, "These guys are slow, but they uh, they are just like holding people and smashing them <laughs> into the boards." Like I would, I don't want to play against those two guys yeah. blocking shots. Um, but yeah, that, that I mean, he's he's Seidenberg is going to be the, 
he's going to be the he, he already has kind of been is is the next iteration of Martinek. He'll just be around and. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited to see, like, what his role is. Like, if it is actually just going to be, like, yeah, like, you know, when uh, the next Islander rookie, who, you know, when Simon <laughs> Holmstrom needs a place to like, get activated <laughs> to life on Long Island and needs to know, like, how to get, you know, how to get around Guarded City. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the Seidenbergs will, will help him. They'll take him to the DMV to get his learner's yeah. permit and stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to – I'm going to picture uh, Dobson and Wallstrom and Koivula – just hanging around the Seidenberg's house like uh, like little <laughs> rascals, you know, just like running around like you know, cutting cutting holes in the bottom of the cereal box. So they pick it up and the whole cereal falls. Oh, what happened? You know, like just pulling pranks and stuff. But I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that <laughs> I hope for Mrs. Seidenberg's case that doesn't happen because uh, that might be a little bit crazy with all that. Those she's already got two kids to deal with. She doesn't need those kids too. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, it should be funny. And when they did that, I was I was like, guys, I, I was kidding that he was the. Uh, vice president of rookie housing and development. I was a joke. There was a joke <laughs> doing it. Uh, he did the uh, he did the thing. I always feel bad when guys do this. He signed a contract, a free agent contract with Florida, and then he got traded. <laughs> he got traded that uh, less than a season later to the Bruins. Uh, but he won a Stanley Cup for the Bruins. So yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, it, it was fun having him around, and uh, it'll be fun seeing him around again. And uh, yeah, you know, it just so happens that the Islanders are now PTO free. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> what was that? I said, yeah, there you go. It's the yeah. first time we've been PTO free in, <laughs> yeah, right, in forever. Uh, okay, uh, just uh, some some business uh, to take care of real quick. Wow, we've gone over an hour already. Um, uh, our sponsor, as always, is VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, there are uh, hundreds of uh, classic team logos there on T-shirts, on hoodies, on mugs. Uh, Kevin's got some beautiful stuff coming in every single day. He's got a New York Americans T-shirt that's awesome. He's got an Albany Choppers T-shirt that has a really cool history. Every one of those team pages has a has a uh, team history on it. And you should check it out because some of them are really fascinating. The Albany Choppers didn't last long, and they were uh, a, a supermarket-funded team. If you're from the Hudson Valley, you're familiar with the Price Chopper uh, supermarket maybe, and uh, there's a whole thing there. But uh, he's got some great stuff. The, the, the Americans T-shirt is really cool. The Rovers T-shirts he have are really cool. Uh, and he's got some uh, Houston Arrows stuff if you want some uh, WHA merchandise. So that's VintageIceHockey.com. You put in Lighthouse 15 in the discount code box. You save yourself 15%. Also, side note, Kevin and I are cooking up some T-shirt stuff that uh, Lighthouse Hockey fans might want to keep an eye on. Uh, and you'll hear more about this in the coming weeks. You're going to want to. I promise. It's going to be really neat. Um, welcome uh, to another member of our Lighthouse Hockey T- podcast network joe uh and pt isles are coming to lighthouse hockey if you've downloaded this chances are you've already downloaded his first episode too this is huge joe's been doing great work there for so long he uh he had some co-host buddy and and uh duffy and they they, they did really great work for a long time and uh again i, I talked about uh joe's uh, interview with mick vakota from a few weeks ago if you haven't listened to it you should because it, it's really great uh and it's great to have him on our network as well you've got us you got isles buzz you got him great selection of, of different opinions and different styles and they get interviews and we just hang out. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, this is a really cool thing and I'm really uh, excited to do this. Dom and, and Nolan and Joe set this whole thing up. So welcome to Joe. This, I'm really looking forward to, to getting him going there and, uh, you know, getting more great content out to, to our listeners, uh, you know, who've been sticking with us. Uh, speaking of Islanders, podcasts my favorite islanders game thanks everybody for calling in we still need calls we're always going to need calls the number is 646-980-8857 
That's 646-980-8857. Call, tell us about your favorite Islanders game. Thanks, everybody who's called in. We have enough for episode two, but we can never have enough, so please keep calling. And next Monday is our next episode of Islanders Award Winners. It's on Brian Trottier and his Hart and Art Ross Trophy winning season of 1979. I'm very excited for it. It's actually the first episode I recorded, so it might sound a little bit different than the Dennis Potvin one, but uh, it, it's kind of cool. You'll find out a lot of neat stuff in there, and uh, uh, there's uh, a, lot, a lot of cool little info that uh, – that you know, I think kind of got lost to the winds, including a a, uh, a kind of scintillating interview that Trottier gave to a very unlikely source. I won't say who, but if uh, if you're a Long Islander, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll see it in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I think I've just back. Oh, uh, I keep forgetting this. Light at LHH Podcasts is a Twitter feed dedicated to only Lighthouse Hockey podcasts. So at LHH Podcasts, follow it. You'll get all the updates. You'll see our stuff on there. Every time a podcast updates, you'll see it there. Uh, you know, if you missed it once, you'll see it retweeted eventually in there. And uh, so you should follow there uh, just for news and, and updates and, and uh, you know, posts and things like that. At LHH Podcasts on Twitter. Thank you. I think that's it. <laughs> try to try to cut through a lot. Uh, did I forget anything? I think I got everything. No, that's it. That's uh, I think that's it. Hundred hundred episodes wrapped. Oh yeah, this is our hundredth episode. <laughs> that would have been a good thing to note right up top. This is our hundredth episode, and uh, we are going to have uh, a little special episode coming up next week uh, that uh, you know kind of celebrate a little bit. And uh, this has been fun. I mean, you know, when you do something over a hundred times, you you obviously must enjoy it. And we have a great time doing this. And I mean, we, we look forward to it every week. And you know, it's just so much fun to kind of have these conversations and, and get all this stuff off our, our chest. And it's really great that people listen to it. I'll never know why, but I'm glad you do. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for making us, uh, you know, supporting us through 100 episodes. It's That's pretty wild. I don't think we thought that we would get to 100 episodes of this. No, I, I, I remember when we were at like, um, I, can't remember, uh, I think it was 26 or so. And I was like, wow, we made it 26 episodes. And I'm, I just remember thinking like, us so we're at the justin papano episode you know <laughs> number tw- number number 26 like i go through players and then when we started to get further along i'm like i'm running out of players you know that we don't have many many 90s you know obviously we had the butch goring 91 episode and nah, the, yeah. the pierre mark bouchard 96 episode but uh <laughs> after that there was very little so um yeah i mean it's 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 the best i mean this there's there's always something to to kind of like just riff about with the islanders and and to there's just so much funky stuff has happened, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I wasn't around for the, the I was like five years old when like shit really started to hit the fan. <laughs> uh, so, so I've, uh, just my entire life has just been, you know, as an Islander fan, it's just been this crazy whirlwind and, and to, to kind of have an outlet to, to try to make sense of why <laughs> I'm doing this to myself is, is, is greatly appreciated from a from a selfish standpoint but uh yeah it's always so much fun i mean it is it is therapy that's all that's the only thing i can really say is that this is like islanders therapy basically yeah. <laughs> probably, probably would have been a uh, uh an alternate title for this this show but uh, islanders anxiety <laughs> works pretty well uh yeah. but yeah th- thank you for listening we really appreciate it uh mike tell everybody your twitter handle again 
It's the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should, you should always follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's. And you know what? For old time's sake, you could follow me at Culture of Losing, too. I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back on Twitter basically full time now, so I guess you guys can, can follow me there. Uh, but thanks a lot. And again, our 100th episode special will uh, be popping up next week, so keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for PT Isles. Keep an eye out for Isles Buzz. Keep an eye out for my favorite Islanders game, for Islanders Award winners. And uh, we really appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Oh,